If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Money Vikings Podcast, where we conquer financial freedom. Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing and personal finance. The Money Vikings Podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are, the Money Vikings. Welcome, everyone, to the Money Vikings podcast number 24, where we come for today talking about ways to build financial resiliency. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that things happen outside our control. So let's try and be prepared. Jerry, how you doing? Doing really well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, 2021. Uh, we don't have Bob today. He's working on some some house uh, stuff, but... Uh, you know, yeah, you know, it was a weird new year, right? <laughs> it was. It was. There's a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, it was a weird year, and you know, but uh, <laughs> say the least. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, some unexpected things. Bitcoin uh, hit over thirty thousand. That was amazing. I bit, Bitcoin right now is blowing my mind. So I mean, <laughs> we could do a yeah, we could do a whole show on that. We do have a good. We do have a good couple of uh, posts on our website if people want to check them out where we we I feel like we try to do an eyes wide open look at Bitcoin. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm very so. So I own some and you've and you and I have both definitely dabbled yeah. in cryptos for years. So we're yeah. not like, yeah, we're, you know, we're not like Warren Buffett. We don't call it rat poison. Um, right. Is that what he calls it? <laughs> he calls it rat poison. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, I mean, l- let me ask you this. Sure. In my mind, since we, we do need to mention Bitcoin because of how crazy it's it's blown up and ETH, Ethereum's about to hit a thousand. Wow. Uh, and you owned a bunch of that at one time. I think you paid off um, one of your my cars car. I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But from, from what I can deduce and you and I have talked about Bitcoin a lot and we've done a lot of research. I mean, at the end of the day, to me, it's becoming value because of two things distrust distrust of the monetary system and number two there's a finite supply am i wrong i'm thinking here that is uh <laughs> that's i was like wow maybe maybe i totally blew, <laughs> blew my mind man you blew maybe my I mind completely said something that makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> awkward long pause no i I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not controlled or regulated by any world government. So definitely if if there are those that distrust the government, in our case, the U.S. government for you know raising rates, lowering rates, doing whatever they do to to adjust the value of the dollar and uh, GDP and all that stuff. There's nothing that can there's really nobody that can do that with Bitcoin. It's there's a finite amount. It's 
there's a paper written by uh, this guy, Satoshi Nakamura, that may or may not be some other guy that I don't know who he is, but uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's sort of open source and controlled by no one. It's a finite supply and that's, uh, that's intentional. So yeah, I don't, I don't really know where it's going to go, but I, it feels like it's, it's, uh, it's caught a lot of steam in the last few months and uh, it's rising, and I don't know if it's going to rise forever. I don't expect it to. And I, I also, um, I'm okay if it all disappears. I hope it doesn't. But uh, if something detrimental happens, I haven't bet the farm on, on uh, Bitcoin. I think that's the way to go. I mean, I, I've become a little more into it lately because my my uh, my woman Kathy Woods, who you know, I'm <laughs> I'm becoming like a super. I'm becoming a um, a super arc fanboy right watch a lot of but she doesn't own any uh she doesn't own any bitcoin in her fund though is or is it like the grayscale etf where uh you know they own bitcoin but then they wrap it around an etf you know you bring up a good point and you and you've you've stumped me so i think (laughs) i and i i I wish i should know i just acted like i was a big fanboy oh no that's fine i mean she's bullish on bitcoin and that's that's interesting and that's kind of cool yeah, she yeah, and she and she's got some good. Check out the videos. She got she has some good videos as as to why. Um, but yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm you know I don't know who said it a while ago, but somebody was like, hey, listen, you know, if you take one percent of your net worth and you keep that as kind of the cap on your cryptos, um, that's probably a really good way to go. And that's kind of that's kind of what I've done. I've kind of just thought, okay, you know, if I take whatever thousands of dollars. And put it into crypto, just just like you said. If it went away tomorrow, I'm still gonna retire. I'm still gonna have a house, whatever. Um, I'd like to see it make money, but mm-hmm. who knows? <laughs> we all would, we all would. But uh, yeah, what I'm doing is, you know, anytime we get some uh, blog revenue from uh, Google AdSense, it's very easy in the Cash App to just uh, purchase Bitcoin and uh, just kind of let it sit there and accumulate and grow. And so far, it's been growing. Uh, but for, you know, the last year or so, it really hasn't done much. So it's kind of exciting that uh, in the new year and this weekend, it's uh, it's kind of having its day right now. Do you feel like the pandemic has had something to do with it? And I, I kind of do. And I'll tell you why that, you know, I'm not a big I'm not I don't totally buy into the whole like distrust of governments thing because the governments uh-huh. are made up of people. You know, um, I mean, some governments are awful, of course, but governments are people. Um, but I guess my point is this. Um, at the end of the day, our government for no matter where you're at is being forced to do things that are unprecedented. I mean, we, you know, we're, 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 I mean, think about a year ago, if we thought that the government was going to be sending everyone, uh, checks every quarter, I mean, <laughs> think about what's happening. I mean, people are just getting a check in the mail just to survive. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty crazy thing. If you, th- if you think about it, that's not something we all would have thought, oh yeah, that's, that would have happened. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like there's, and then I've, o- I've also heard that there's an, there's big institutional buys, right? Mm-hmm. Like huge institutions, right. Are now mm-hmm. picking up huge chunks of, of, of Bitcoin. Is that what you're hearing? I am. I am hearing similar types of chatter that, uh, yeah, there's more institutional involvement. So maybe this thing is here to stay. Uh, you know, obviously we made a lot of jokes and things about it a few years ago and, 
you know, is it going to be around? Is it the tulip craze? I don't know. But uh, it seems like over the last few months, something has changed where more people are taking it seriously as a uh, either a hedge to inflation, a store of value. If you look also at the same time that Bitcoin is uh, increasing in value, the dollar is decreasing in value a lot. Mm. So mm. so it's I don't know if that's coincidence or not, but uh, it's just interesting. Wow. I'm, I'm not smart enough to know, but it's very <laughs> interesting. Uh, what else is going on in your world over there? Uh, well, Tesla sent out a press release on a Saturday yesterday, which is very weird. Uh, it doesn't usually happen, but they had uh, some really good numbers, I guess, for a number of EV ships. And I think you were uh, you were pretty excited about that, weren't you? I was, and I, and you know, and frankly, not surprised. I mean, I was, I was looking at that happening. Um, you know, we talked, we probably talk about it every show, and probably people get sick of me saying it, but <laughs> you know, I'm also a Tesla fanboy. I mean, I, again, Jerry, I just they're making, they're making a superior product, and I think that is at the end of the day what people are going to buy superior products. Right. And, mm -hmm. and in my mind, they're starting to get the price point just right. And so um, I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think they're going to continue to deliver. I mean, <laughs> they're just great. They're just awesome things, I think. But yeah, no, they're, uh, they seem amazing. And, and you've driven one, right? You had a buddy that had one. I, I have driven one. I, I have driven one and, and I have all intention at some point of owning one when I can, when it, you know, you know, I'm very uh, careful about the car purchases, you know, right. because I'm a good personal finance blogger, you know, yep. be, I, I have to be careful about um, my car purchases and my Starbucks trips because right. like, then our street, right. our street cred, you know, kind of gets like, like, oh yeah, you're not frugal. <laughs> right, right. No, I know, I know. Our our, our followers on Twitter will uh, come down on us. <laughs> what I saw, I saw him driving his Starbucks drive-through. <laughs> right, right. He bought a latte in his fifty thousand dollar vehicle. <laughs> exactly. So can't no, let that, I, can't let that so happen. When I can, when I can, you know, when it all makes sense with my bigger, you know, I think you do the same thing. We put. I try to put big purchases in the bigger picture context, right? Like how mm -hmm. much of it, you know, can I buy? But no, I, I, I think it's, I, I think it's awesome. I think Tesla is going to continue um, to deliver. That's, that's my, that's my view on it. It's so. exciting. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I mean, I'm uh, bullish on it for Monday, hopefully tomorrow, Monday at, uh, you know, at the time of recording January 3rd, 5, 18 PM Pacific standard time. Um, yeah, maybe a little bump tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe the numbers were priced in, so maybe down, maybe nothing. We'll see. But uh yeah, for the for the few shares that I have, I'm I'm trying to be a long-term buy and hold and we'll see what happens. Yeah, same here. What else is going on? What else is going on? Uh I'm just uh trying to decide if I'm a mean reversion trader or a trend following trader. I'm, I'm reading this book right now. I just finished it this week on vacation called market wizards by Jack Schwager. It's a good book. He interviews a lot of traders and uh, this is the unknown market wizards. This is people that maybe you wouldn't have known about. Like, uh, you know, the more famous traders are like, uh, what is it? Paul Tudor Jones 
and Ed Sequoia and, and others that uh, he mentioned in his first few books. But this one is more unknown, like the, uh, the dumb money guys, Chris Camillo. And uh, there's another very interesting fellow Jew, Jason Shapiro, that uh, <laughs> I found him very interesting. He, uh, he does the opposite. He uses CNBC, the final trade. And he looks if uh, all four or three traders on the panel are in agreement on either a bullish or bearish call on something. And if he sees that, then he will do the opposite of uh, of what they do. And he <laughs> says that he, worked? he says he's made a lot of money doing it. So, wow. That's yeah. Amazing. I don't know. He just kind of gets That's into it. the, uh, I guess. the Well, you know, it's a good it's a good um I think that's a good uh, example of that. No one really knows, right? No one really knows. No one really so, knows. Yeah. Yeah. No one really knows. So I think <laughs> that's a good example. I, you know, um, I like CNBC for, <laughs> for its business information and news. And I, I've, I've made some money on some of their recommendations, but uh, that, is, that is very cool. So, well, should we launch into our uh, we our should topic today? We should. Okay, man. Let's get going. So, yeah, we're talking about for financial resiliency, and I just I thought this was a good topic for 2021, just because of the trauma we've all lived through. And I know that some of us have lived through very, very earth shattering trauma of like losing a loved one. And that kind of stuff this year. I mean, we're talking about 350,000 plus people have passed away in our country. Um, but I think to, at some level, we've all gone through some trauma this year. Uh, you know, wh whether it be loss of identity um, or a, a loss of just friends or family in terms of just not being around them. Uh, but there's been a lot of crazy stuff this year. So I guess it got me onto the topic or the thought of, of how can we build resiliency um, because we talk, we, you know, Jerry, we used to talk about this in, you know, before the pandemic, we used to talk about the concept that black swan events, mm -hmm. right. Happen. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. we, we were talking about them in the context of, of the market. Um, but just in our, you know, we're, we're not that old of guys. I mean, <laughs> we're, we've been, we've been around the block, but we're not like, you know, we're not like, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we've seen, I think we've seen our fair share of, of existential, um, you know, things happen um, and then personal things happen. So, uh, so I guess I'll just say, hey, you know, here we go, 2021, our, our planet <laughs> completed another full circle around the sun uh, this year. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, it did. Um, we're hoping, we're hoping that 2021 uh, begins some healing um, I'm hoping that over the next few months, the vaccine ramps up and that we really start seeing numbers drop because the numbers are very high right now. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, right, like science and investment and business have saved the day and government. I would say all of them combined science, investing, government uh, have really saved the day with a record breaking vaccine. Um, so I guess the point is this. How can we individually and collectively be more prepared for the next challenge to come our way? Uh, we all know the nature of existence is that things happen right in the universe and in our world um, and in personal finance, there will come a day when uh, I guess there are little things, but you know, the tires are going to, are going to fall, are going to fall apart in the car. Something on the house is going to break. Um, you know, there's even other serious situations. So what can we do to be 
financially resilient. And I, I don't mean, you know, and I, I think you can appreciate this, Jerry. I don't mean living in fear because I don't believe in that. We can't live in fear. But I do think that um, there's something to be said about uh, a, a little bit of upfront investment in being prepared mm-hmm. and just sort of having that done and set and then living your life and enjoying your day, you know? Totally. Um, so I guess, yeah. So with that, I guess I'll turn it to you. Um, I don't know. Do you have some ideas and, and stuff that you've done in terms of building this kind of strength? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's nothing uh, groundbreaking or, you know, surprising here, but it's just uh, for me, what what we've done in my family is an emergency fund and just try to have three to six months of living expenses for the mortgage and, you know, gas bill, electric bill, garbage, all that stuff. Um, you know, just taken care of. So if something were, were to happen, at least to the job that, uh, I've got, I can, uh, I can have, you know, three to six months of cushion, maybe even a year, uh, to, to look for another job and, uh, be able to pay the bills and not have to freak out that, uh, you know, things are falling apart and I'm going to lose my home. Can I ask you a question? You sure can. How do you guys have the discipline, A, to build it? My hat's off to you. <laughs> and number two, because that's hard and most people can't, you know, most people can't come up with 400 bucks, right? In yeah. case of an emergency. Yeah. Like, like some, there was something came out a couple of years ago, like 60% of the of people can't come up with that. So number one, how did you get the discipline to put it together? And number two, how do you not touch it? That's my, that's my problem. You know, you get that thing, you get that thing set up and then it's like, oh, I want to go do this or I want right. to yeah, get this. And, but before you know it, it's whittled down. Right. Do you have any no, I, there? I totally, totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about a year or two ago, my wife and I were both working. And so we were putting my wife's income into the emergency fund as much as we could. Uh, we were putting that into the emergency fund and then using my income to kind of just handle living expenses and whatnot. And if I had any extra, I would try and put it in too. Um, we've talked about automation a lot. And at one point I had automated quite a bit of my paycheck and just had my work directly deposit my, some of my paycheck, not just into, uh, you know, checkings or savings accounts, but also to, uh, my emergency fund directly. So that worked really well although it was probably too much at the time and we had to back off from that. So I know at this point, I no longer do that because I've hit the threshold that uh, seems reasonable uh, for that. The other thing on that is the, I was excited because at the time the fund that I was contributing to, it wasn't really a fund. It was a, um, it was a uh, savings account and it was a high interest one. So it was paying at the time over 2% which is really nice because not only was I saving, I was getting the rewards every month. It was giving, uh, you know, one twelfth of 2% in return deposited back into the account and growing. So that was pretty exciting after the pandemic hit and the rates were lowered. It's basically paying nothing. It's less than inflation. So the cash is still there. Makes me feel good to know it's there, but it's not earning anything. And so longer term, if rates are going to stay where they are, I, may not want to keep such a hefty chunk of change in something like that. But uh, to answer your question about the discipline and everything, yeah, we, we try not to touch it unless uh, you know, we need it. We had a, 
we had a flood in our house too, just like your brother did. And, uh, <laughs> and so Ugh. luckily, you know, we have, uh, home ownership. we have, we have home insurance. And, uh, so they're taking care of quite a bit of it. We still have a deductible and that's not expect that wasn't expected to have this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll tap into that if we need to. The, wow, that's great. the, the other area, uh, for, the emergency fund is not quite as cut and dry, but I'm using an HSA. So luckily through my uh, employer, they offer the ability to put tax deferred dollars into a health savings account. And so what we're doing, I mean, the idea is that if you have a medical bill or a copay or whatever, we have a credit card that can just pay directly out of that. I'm trying to not use that uh, account, the HSA and just let it grow and that is completely invested into uh, VDADX, one of our. Oh, I love me some VDADX. <laughs> yeah, it's one of our favorite <laughs> mutual funds here, or, uh, or love ETFs. It. Love <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's a high dividend growth type of uh, ETF, and you know it's got your AT and T and I think JP Morgan and just Microsoft. Yeah, a lot of really stable companies that probably aren't going anywhere anytime soon so i mean as much as it's a little bit scary to put some of your uh your your money for medical expenses into the s p 500 stocks growth and value and and uh mid caps still i mean it's earned 10 percent this year and i'll probably continue to uh to keep doing that that's automated that's growing if i can pay a medical expense without tapping into that i'm very happy and i will if i can't i'll of course right. go into it but it's a nice way to kind of grow your income tax deferred and just the the idea is that you just save your receipts so as an emergency fund if you need suddenly you know ten thousand dollars to to fix ac or duct work or you have a flood you can just find the receipts that total that amount in medical expenses for you or anyone in your family and pull the money out very quickly that is awesome good stuff jer um let's take a quick commercial break and we will come back with more ways to be financially resilient in 2021 we all need that Welcome back. All right, Jerry. So let's, uh, let's keep going through these here. Um, we're trying to find ways to be more financially resilient in 2021. Yeah. Partly because 20 was such a, um, was such a, was such a kick, was such a kick to the shins. I mean, uh, Putting I, it lightly. Again, I don't, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and, and, and listen, I know everything's, everything is, uh, relative. Um, but, the, but I know the wake up call for me this year was just to this realization that, you know, there's just all these things that can happen that, um, you know, none of us could have predicted this or, I mean, we could have predicted it, I guess, but, um, you know, the pandemic has really opened our eyes to a lot of uh, things out there. I mean, you know, at one point my wife and I had, I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, before we knew that much about the virus, I mean, we had this feeling of like, I mean, we, we literally at one point thought about buying like a cabin in the woods. Like, <laughs> let's just run off, you know, let's run off to some cabin for six months, you know, while the <laughs> zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be I alone. Did you ever watch that show? Uh, What's that? You, you wouldn't be alone. I'm sure a lot of people uh, thought that. And there's a lot of talk about the migration from the city to the suburbs. 
oh man, people want bigger houses now. They want more, they want yards, they want room. I mean, and if people are going to keep working, you know, if some, some people are going to keep working in their houses, they need bigger houses. We didn't, we didn't buy houses. We, we bought houses with the thought that we'd be gone for 10 hours a day. Yeah. You know? And then we'd be sleeping. We'd be what sleeping another eight, eight of those. Uh, <laughs> that's 18 hours out of a 24 hour cycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know, now really... it's, we're here 24 seven. It's our, uh, <laughs> It's our home. It's our children's school. It's our office. It's everything. Oh man, I, the kid, the kids going back to school is something I'm really looking forward to, and not because of the reason. I I just feel bad for them, like just the just them having those experiences of like friends, and I think that's the part. Because actually, I've I mean I've enjoyed the increased family time. I mean, right? That's been a blessing. Yeah, actually. Uh, from last year and now, you know, nothing magical happened on, <laughs> on midnight. Uh, we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> uh, in fact, you know, I mean, in fact, we're in the darkest part of it actually, which is, which is fascinating and sad, but um, you know, but I, I am hopeful. I mean, we're going to get out of this. Um, it's just, you know, that the vaccine, you know, you've got to get, you got to get shots in arms and that takes time. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can't just line everybody up on the same day. Um but I did, I did want to share with you a short, and you might remember this, but I wanted to share with you a short, it's funny now, but it was really sad in the moment. I shouldn't even laugh about it. But um, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, because we were, we were doing the blog and we were writing articles, but in the same few months span, I had an HVAC unit <laughs> in my house that died. It was a, four, the, the repair lady came uh, to look at our HVAC. It was literally a 41-year-old unit. She looked at it and she goes, they don't even make parts for this. Can you imagine a 41-year-old HVAC system? Oh, man. I think we may have had one when we bought our home and we replaced it when we moved in. It's just, just more for the efficiency, you know? Oh yeah, I mean the right, just the the, the savings on electricity, yeah. and the sound, yeah. So 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 that crapped out in August. It was hot as hell. I remember it was when she came in. It was like everybody was sweaty. It was so bad. <laughs> um, and then and then a few months later, when it started raining of that same year, or it might have been before. I might be getting it getting it uh, mixed up. But the roof started having major. Uh, major leakage so I needed a new you, you were not a pleasant person to be around during that time <laughs> and, and and i'll be honest with you man i i didn't have you know as a good personal finance uh blogger i didn't have a, enough of a emergency fund because it was too much money i mean i want to say between those two things i think we we're talking over forty thousand dollars wow and so i didn't have forty thousand I mean, I had 40,000, but I didn't have it sitting around. Right. In a liquid account that you could just write a check against. And so you'd have to go to credit or, or yeah. yeah. Well, I, I did, a, I did a loan out of my 401k that, that was actually a big part of it. And, you know, I wish I didn't have to, right. I mean, I, that, you don't want to, you don't want to have to touch that money. You know, you want to just have that sit, but, um, I, you know, what was I going to do without an HVAC unit in August and a roof? I mean, you, <laughs> you can't. I know. I know. I know. We, we had a very similar problem with our roof too, after we moved in and uh, yeah, you know, luckily uh, my parents said, uh, give me a nice gift. And uh, we were able to replace the roof with that. I was like, thanks for putting a roof wow. over our head, mom and dad. 
right quite literally huh? <laughs> literally yeah. yeah literally yeah yeah so. it's not just a saying no no i mean that's the that's what happened so i guess you know and i mean everybody knows about this stuff and um you know and 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 here's the thing we the problem is jerry and you know this we know it's gonna happen yes it's going things are gonna there's nothing in this world and i'm not trying to be like philosophical here for a moment but bear with me but nothing in this world stays exactly as we see it right, right. everything around us at some point falls apart yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm laughing because it's like such an insane thing but um uh anyway yeah so so have you learned your lesson uh, and now that fund is built up you got your nice emergency so fund so i so i have and i ha- so i have and i haven't so it 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 is built up more um, but the reason I asked you one of those questions is that I do have a tendency. I see that money sitting there. And sometimes what I want to do is I'll, is I'll get a new stock idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you'll want to, and I'll want to put some in. Yeah. And, and I, and unfortunately I end up kind of whittling it away and I've got to work on that discipline. Um, or just, I've got to lock it up in kryptonite, <laughs> right. Or in, um, sorry, in, um, carbonite. I'm sorry. I'm trying to do a star Wars. <laughs> Carbonite, is that what's called with um, Han Solo? Yeah. Carbonite. I got to lock it up in carbonite. <laughs> uh, but anyway, here, here's the deal. Maybe maybe you'll get a kick out of this. But for me, so financial resiliency falls into a couple categories to go to kind of expand beyond your emergency fund thing. You got to think about insurance, debt management, and reserves. So that's those are the three things uh, that, that I want to talk about. Um, and for me also, my philosophy is balancing the past, the present and the future. I mean, we live in the present. This is all we have is this day and forward. We can only take this moment and do the best we can with it. The past is gone. There's nothing we can do. Um, and the future is unknown. So we just got this moment to try to do the best we can. Um, but you know, we know the future will come. And so we've got to put some planning into, into where we're headed. So I guess the first thing I'll cover is insurance. And if you want to jump in here, let me sure. know. But, you know, I think at the beginning of a year, it's a good time to review your coverage. Yeah. Right? And, you know, do, you know, do you have adequate health coverage? Um, you know, do you have life insurance? Uh, you know, at least uh, some level. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't think people need, you know, you don't, don't necessarily need millions of dollars, but, you know, maybe if something did, uh, you know, sadly happen to a person that has children, um, maybe they'd want the house to be paid off. So maybe you get life insurance that would like basically just pay off the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that would be something that your heirs wouldn't have to worry right. about. Um, you know, with, with auto insurance, I'm always, um, I'm always like calling them <laughs> and try, like when the pandemic hit, I called them and I said, Hey, much lower my rate. And they did. Nice. Um, nice. So that was cool. With the same uh, so coverage. I guess that's the same. What's that? With the same coverage. Yeah. yeah. Nice. With yeah, because we're not driving yeah. as much during uh, this period. We're not. So why pass that savings onto a company? Why don't we get it? Right. Right. No, I agree. Our, our insurance company did the same thing, too. So, yeah, that's the way to do it. So, so you know, I don't know. That's just something to look at. Um, I guess the second area. Did, did you have anything you wanted to add on insurance? No, I no. I think you covered it. Quickly. Yeah. Um, the, the second area that I look at in terms of resiliency, and this is from my experience during the Great Recession, and maybe you'll get a kick out of this, but, you know, you and I lived through the 2008 meltdown. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were prime. We were working. We were working adults. 
out of college, you know, paying our own way, you know, fully, you know, into the system. Um, but I saw a lot of people that had really overdone it with debt. Okay. When the, when times were booming, they were buying the desert vehicles, the campers, <laughs> the RVs, the boats, the too big of house. They were, they were, you know, they, this was the joke that like, um, you know, every, everybody owned, you know, a couple rental properties, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with owning rental properties. I'm a big believer in that, but it's also a, it also takes, I mean, any, I do believe a, a lot of people can learn the skills and can do it, but it's also not something that's totally easy. Right. And you just sort of like flippantly go, well, I want to go buy a rental property. It's, it's quite an investment yeah. of time and, and right. And money. Agreed. So, yeah. So you've got these situations and when the economy fell off a cliff and people lost their jobs, um, I knew a lot. I knew quite a few folks that were way over leveraged. Mm. Uh, they were doing short sales on houses. Uh, basically, that's where you you sell it for um, for less than than what you like. You owe more and you've got to sell it for less. Yeah. You have to work with the bank to get some of that forgiven or something. Right. I mean, I've never done one. Thank God. That's a mess. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What do you, what do you, I mean, what's your take on debt? Debt bad. <laughs> debt bad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, there's probably good kinds of debt and bad kinds of debt. And that's a, probably a different topic for another show, but you know, there, there's the mortgage and, and some people might make the argument that, uh, you know, you maybe don't pay off your mortgage right away if even if you have the capital because you might be able to invest it better in other vehicles besides your mortgage. And if uh, housing values decrease, then you don't have all that equity tied up. But, uh, you know, generally, you know, for, for most things, uh, car debt, it's not something that I like to uh, keep. Um, you know, now, like when you check out of a store online, everything is, oh, do you want a payment plan? Do you want to, you know, this, uh, uh, this, I mean, anything you could get. It's uh, ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could, you could order, you could order a, uh, a computer off Amazon and it will, uh, the, the, you know, they have debt plans. They'll just put it right into the payment directly. So, I mean, it, it makes it very easy and, uh, to, to do that type of stuff. But I want to be careful and only I, I like to pay off everything I possibly can and not really have any debt. That's that's basically my principle. And then there's a few other there's a few other areas, like I said, the mortgage that maybe that doesn't quite apply. But I mean, I would love to pay off my mortgage, but uh, I'm just I'm just not at that point in my life yet that that's uh, feasible. Right. I mean, and if I can add one more last thing on debt, you know. When I look back now, hindsight, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years later, uh, the fact that we were not over leveraged at that time, I think actually gave us more opportunities. I mean, you were probably able to buy a lot more through probably through your 401k mainly, but you you bought a lot of assets on discount. Um, I bought I bought an investment property on discount, you know, mm -hmm. but if you and I had been in such bad shape before things went totally bad we would have just been like, like clamoring for air. I mean, there wouldn't, there would have been no, nothing left to take advantage of, um, of reduced asset prices. Oh, I know. I yeah. know. At I that mean, time, just before the crash, I wanted to, I was moving and I wanted to rent out my old home 
my old home and buy a new home. And that was, it was a nice idea, but yeah, I just don't know if it would have worked out. And I'm glad it kind of didn't work out for, for us at the time, because I, I could have been part of that uh, in way over my head over leveraged at the time. It's very so. possible. And especially in a, I mean, we both, we live in an expensive market, so we're not a place that it's easy to do this stuff, but um, yeah. So I, you know, that's, I mean, that's the bottom line on the debt. Um, I, I guess the third one I'll, I'll mention, Jerry, is kind of along the lines of what you were saying before. I mean, I'll, I'll just kind of reiterate it here. But, yeah, have, having reserves of some kind, and I do have the statistics here. Um, I mean, basically, 50, America lives paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. 59%. I mean, wow. that. Yeah. I believe I, it, though. I, I, I believe it, though. It's I sad. Mean, that, that, it's sad. It's sad. I, I'm not even, I'm not even, I, I feel bad for just the the people and the system i'm just like man like and and you know i'm not i'm not coming here from a i'm not coming from some perspective i'm not some you know fabulously wealthy guy like oh the poor people i mean i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying that i'm just like I, what i'm saying is like as a middle class american i'm like you know we have to be strong as a country you know and that to me is a weakness i i am like patriotic as hell, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, we've got to be stronger as a country. And if, 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 if 60% of our fellow citizens are just hand to mouth, um, I don't know, man, we're not resilient. That's the point. We're not resilient. So, you know, I, I, I not everybody has a high paying job and not everybody is even interested in money management or investing. That's why they should listen to us because we're exactly. trying to make fun. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, if we could if we could encourage them to just automate to have 20, 30, 50 bucks a month set aside, and I say automate it because we are our own worst enemies, right? Yes. It is hard to do the right thing. It is hard to have discipline. So make things automated that you don't have to think about. Yeah. Um, you know, right? I think that'll do it. No, I mean, so. if you take one thing away from this podcast today, it's to look at your income and see what you can automate into some sort of uh, emergency fund. That's it. Whatever's reasonable for you. That is it. And I, and I, and that's a great, that's a great wrap up right there. I, you know, I would just say, listen, I think you'd see it the same way, Jerry. And there's, if there's a ray of hope out of 2020 in this pandemic is that you and I both know, and this is more probably for younger folks, it's very bad right now. And we understand that, but these types of situations will burn an unforgettable memory in our minds. And I do believe we can emerge from these things stronger. I mean, I felt that way after the great recession, it was painful. It sucked during it. I had my uh, personal and other financial troubles but it does make you stronger, right? If we can carry the lessons with us. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean living in fear. We're not supposed to all go hide under a rock, but there's a, there's little things we can do that can build up so that when the next thing happens, because guys, something's going to happen. Okay. There, there is always going to be something, right? There's going to be something that happens uh, unless I'm wrong, which I hope I am. I hope the next thousand years of human history are completely filled with peace and happiness but I, I, I you know it just seems like every couple of years some crazy thing happens in our society that we all have to deal with yes um, yes you know and, and our ancestors frankly have gotten through a lot worse i mean think about our grandparents went through depressions and world war ii right 
So that, and that was frankly worse, you know? Yeah. Way worse, way worse. It was way worse. It was way worse, you know? Um, So just, just a bit of perspective. So, Uh, so that's what we got on on that. Uh, What do you got? What do you got next week for trade strategies? Or are you doing anything at all? Or are you just laying low? I'm uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to uh, just sort of clean up the portfolio. As I've mentioned the last few weeks, I signed up for one month of, uh, of Morningstar and they have a feature called x-ray. So I put in my entire portfolio, everything I have in, uh, you know, all my accounts to kind of get a good bird's eye view of everything that I own, what percentage is equity, what percentage is cash, what's large cap, what's small cap, what's value, what's growth, what's foreign, what's other assets, you know, real estate, precious metals. And I'm, I'm trying to diversify I'm looking at their recommendations and just seeing if there's anything that stands out that uh, if there's any major changes I should make. And really after, you know, my conclusion after a few weeks of just kind of looking at the data initially is that I'm pretty well positioned and I'm pretty comfortable uh, kind of with an aggressive growth type mindset. Uh, I'm at somewhere around 70% of all my assets are in equities. Within that, I have a little bit of work to do to maybe raise the foreign, lower the uh, the large mega cap, and maybe do a little more foreign or maybe some more small caps. I don't know. Mm. But ge- nice. generally, I mean, I feel pretty good um, on that. And then in my active trading account, I have a bunch of covered calls in silver and gold and Michael's retail stores and Stitch Fix and in silver and gold, silver and gold are doing really well. So I may be uh, called on those and I'll have to sell silver and gold at a profit. So that's fine. And I'll just buy them back and mm-hmm. then keep doing that again or sell puts. Uh, and then on uh, Michael's, Michael's has been doing pretty well too. So I'll probably be forced to sell Michael's at a profit and Stitch Fix. I'll probably be forced to buy but that's okay because I'm buying it at a mm-hmm. at a reasonable price. So we'll see. I have op- options expiring on the fifteenth or so of January. So I got a couple more weeks. We'll see what happens. We'll man. see what happens. I'm also going uh, short corn on the uh, agricultural commodities. Trying to corn is on a wild run right now. It's been doing amazing. <laughs> so- I never thought I'd hear the word. Yeah. Corn is is just <laughs> agriculture. Well, corn is wild. Corn is going <laughs> wild, grown wild, and uh, yeah. So I'm my the bet is kind of a mean reversion type thing that it's going to calm down in the next few months and top out somewhere. It's it's been going up for like the last eleven or twelve days in a row, which doesn't happen that often. So pot odds wise. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to turn around. So that's the is uh, corn bit- connected to Bitcoin somehow. <laughs> corn and Bitcoin correlated. No, I'm kidding. They call it. Bit- <laughs> they, well, it's funny you say that because they talk about it on Twitter as Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. Got it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good stuff, man. You're, yes. You're, you're, wow. Good. <laughs> how about how about yourself? Oh, yeah. Nothing as exciting as you're doing. Uh, but um, no, I, I've been paring down some of the single stock positions. I, you, you know me, I'm going, um, I'm consolidating into ARC funds. I'm going, I'm going uh, midterm into ARC, ARC funds. Nice. I, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Kathy Woods um, ARC uh, fanboy convert now. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm plowing money into, um, into several of those funds. I, I think they're going to do well over the next, uh, you know, I'm looking like two, three years out, you mm-hmm. know, just keep them, mm-hmm. keep them there. 
And then, uh, but I am raising some cash positions and I'll talk about this in another show, but we are looking at a car purchase, um, not a Tesla. I wish I, that was uh. next, but hopefully, but no, we are looking at a car purchase in uh, February. So, um, so you're probably going to, you know, focus on some cash. Cause I, like you, I like to put a hefty amount down. I don't like to finance. Uh, yeah. Too much. So I'll, I'll talk about that during one of the shows. Cause, uh, um, kind of excited about the car and I'll, and I'll keep it a secret right now so I can kind of, uh, surprise you guys. Okay. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, that's it, Jared. It's been great talking with you, man. Uh, you too. You too. Yeah. Uh, folks, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, we'll leave you with our one final thought. This is our, our normal final thought, but in, in investing in life, do what you can with what you have in the present moment. Uh, be safe, be kind. 2021 is here. Vaccines are here. I know it's the darkest hour and um, we are praying for, uh, for everyone. We are thankful for our healthcare workers. Uh, please be safe out there. Things are going to get better. They're going to turn around. It's just a matter of a few more months down the road, folks. So uh, hold tight. Thank you very much for listening. financial professionals and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only we are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with this podcast does not represent the thoughts intentions plans, strategies of our employers it only represents the opinions of the authors if you need specific guidance on your own financial situation please consult a financial fiduciary professional. Thank you.